0: Nobody ever loved you the way he does. You never had a friend like him. And uh, there is no wisdom that doesn't look like trusting that great Savior. Get near him today. Get near him. I hope you feel it at this point in the service every week. You're going to step up out of the darkness and onto the light, out of something that doesn't last, on something that does. If you're new to First Baptist and you didn't get one of these coming in, would you just raise your hand? because one of our members is gonna give you theirs. Anybody not have one of these? Because we do this all together. Okay, let's stand together and read God's word. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter's kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. You be seated and take a Bible and please find Acts chapter 12, For a little larger reading later. After 65 years of life, one lesson is clear to me, life does not always go like I expect. 65 years, it's down to that one lesson, it's not going to be what I expected. Sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's much, much better, but it's always different than I had imagined it, that's what I've learned. Like Forrest Gump's chocolates, you just never know what you're going to get. To be fair, there are some predictables with life, some things you can count on. Spring, summer, fall, winter, it's going to come on through just that way every year. Or as we say in Texas about the seasons, hot, really hot, still hot, and Christmas Beyond that, God is infinitely free and creative to make every life different, and he's going to fulfill that promise. Your life's not going to be like mine. Mine's not going to be like yours. There will be some surprises along the way. I'm nearly always surprised when people hate. That's where Acts 12 begins. Herod, who is the grandson of Herod the Great, who tried to kill the babies when Jesus was born. This is his grandson begins to arrest Christians, and the Jewish leaders are glad. He has James executed by the sword, and Peter is next. Now, there's no outcry. I guess it's possible to live with hate so long that it almost seems normal to you, even for religious people, people who say they believe in God, but they live so well with hate that it just seems normal. Across the world this morning, People are being arrested and murdered because they believe in Jesus Christ. They are being battered. They're being threatened for no other reason than that the world has decided here's the most subversive truth that was ever preached. There is a God. He is holy. He made you to be holy. He has made a way for you to be holy, and He holds you accountable for how you use that light. That's the most subversive truth that was ever preached. And um, for all the warnings of Jesus Christ, it still surprises me. surprises me that he told us to expect it, but we don't. Wake up, dear ones, wake up. Be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. There are people, even in our world, who hate. And sometimes it surprises us when Christians pray. It is the great offer of Christ to the church. Listen to what he said. Ask, you'll receive. Seek. You'll find, bring life to me in all of its needs, and I will be present to help you. But sometimes Christians don't find time. We're busy. We don't need another task. In Gethsemane, Jesus begged Peter and James and John to pray, but they didn't. Somehow it just seemed too overwhelming. By Acts 12, this church is figuring this thing out. They're, they're figuring it out a different way. I think Pentecost was the clue. At Pentecost, they prayed 10 days. They prayed 10 days, and at the end of that 10 days, the Holy Spirit came in like a wind and like a fire, and they 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 linked it together. Going forward, the power of God will go to the people who come to him in prayer. He will be near those people, and so... They're learning. So Acts 12 is sort of a surprise. Uh, it gets really wobbly, and then this church goes to their knees and begins to pray. Sometimes, if we're honest, it surprises us when God answers prayer. It's a funny story, and we've all been there. Rhoda uh, comes back and says, hey, prayer worked. Peter's at the door. And they say, you are crazy, woman. You are crazy it's a familiar kind of craziness that we know well the women who came back from the tomb and said it's it's empty it's empty and they all said you're out of your mind paul before festus acts 26 your great learning is driving you mad but hear me everybody we're not crazy are we <laughs> i thought the mic was off <laughs> We're not crazy. This, there is a God. And he rewards those who diligently search for him. He is, he can be found. And he calls us to do it and answers that. Particularly when the prayer is done with energy and purpose. Uh, Verse 5 says they were praying fervently. It's a modifying word. Look this way. Ek tenis. It means out of yourself, and tenes means to reach. So literally, fervently is a Greek word that means to reach outside yourself, to need an answer that you can't provide yourself. It, it means to go searching for God with something that you know you can't do. It means to call out to him and ask for his help given to us in his ways. And there are two factors that determine the power of prayer. And one is, does God want it? But the second one is, do you want it? Anybody in here want to see a church built that glows with the very presence of Christ in the center of the city? Anybody want that? Anybody want for sinners to feel not berated by this book, but called and convicted and helped? Anybody want people to find the mercy of God, the great mercy of God that he purchased for us on the cross with his dear son. Anybody want people to be rescued? Well, the only way for that to happen is for the church to go down on its knees and say, deliver those folks. Deliver them. He's in prison. God, get him out. He's, in, he's trapped. God, help him. And so, uh, sometimes it surprises you when God says, done. That's exactly how I will live. Don't be surprised if an angel comes. Poor, poor people of the Enlightenment, science has convinced you that the real world is only the one that you can see or measure. There's no room left for you, for, in your head, for the realm of activity and intelligence that can't be seen that's all around you. It's all around you. That you've never lived one moment that you weren't surrounded by spiritual realities. You weren't aware of it. You couldn't see it. Poor people of the Enlightenment, that's the, you've decided that the only world that's real is the one you can see. The Bible says angels from the realm of glory wing their flight to the worlds. They, The Scripture is so unapologetic for this, uh, an angel came and stood with the Virgin Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. Two of them, they were back the day that the baby was born, singing. Two of them stood with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and just said... Can we help? Is there anything we can do? Can we just hold your head? Can we hold you? They they were there, and, and now here, here's another one. <laughs> the, the Greek's kind of funny. It says he struck Peter. I, maybe Peter was a sound sleeper. Maybe he snored. I don't know. I, kicks him in the side and says, "Get up! Get up! Get up!" The whole time Peter thinks it's a vision. He thinks it's not not real. And this angel walks him through two guarded posts and one locked gate, and they all just kind of swing open with an almost unspeakable power of these beings that surround the throne of God and glorify him at all points. Don't, don't you be surprised if this great God comes to your aid at the time when you need him the most, sends an angel to come be, be near you. Don't be surprised, and sometimes we are, that peace is possible Peter's scheduled to be executed the next day. Um, And this is sort of a hard lesson for him. He's always been sort of a control freak. He he likes to make sure he's in charge of things, but he's learned something by now. And um, so he's going to be executed the next day, and he just eats his supper, takes off his robe and goes to bed, sleeps like a baby. Um, I, I think he's finally figured out that Union with Christ is not the means to an end. It is the end. If you have Jesus, everybody, you have what you need. Your life will be different than mine. Mine will be different than yours. But the way to get through these short days and on into an eternity is to have him. He is your life. He is your righteousness. And so Peter just went to sleep and said... It will be what it will be, and I'm going to be okay with that. Um, Jesus used to say that spiritual people are a puzzle to the world. He said in John 3, the world doesn't know where you came from. They don't know where you're going. They cannot figure you out. And can I just say it's because spiritual people operate on a different equation. The operating equation in a spiritual person's life is not me plus all my desires, plus my ambitions, plus my resources. That's not how we we play life. Our resource is me plus Christ himself. And in that union, everything is possible. And so we just live differently because we're, we're reading off a different script than the world has ever seen. And Apple just named Calm as the 2017 app of the year, Calm. You pull this down on your, you you apply for it, pay for it, I think. I never have figured out how to do that. Um, (laughs) You go on that app, and it gives you 15 seconds of music, and it asks you to do nothing for 15 seconds. Really? (laughs) Honestly, if I want to get Calm, I do not go to my cell phone. (laughs) I go to the Spirit of God who's been calm for a long time, the the Spirit of God who's not upset this morning, the Spirit of God who woke up and said, morning, good morning, my dear friends, He who woke up and he's aware of the human race and he knows the purposes and he still remembers what you were born to be and you have ruined it and trampled it and ignored it, but he still remembers every part of who you were made to be and he's calm. That's where I go. That's... We forget that sometimes. Tomorrow will be a new day for me. Tonight we'll install Chris as the senior pastor of this church. For the next five months, I'll preach, I'll teach Sunday school, I'll go to prayer meetings, and I'll be available for, to Chris and the people of this church and city. There's a lot about my future I can't see yet, but the Lord has been so faithful to come near and assure me that we're doing the right thing. There's been great peace in my heart. For me, for you, and all of us together. Surprise number next. Uh, It shouldn't be, but it is. Life ends. Judgment comes. Go down to verse 20. I hope you read this whole passage, not just the first part. Herod is the sad loser in this story. One day he's strutting around like a peacock. Uh, Josephus says, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but Josephus says that he took silver thread and wove it into his cloak so that in this political moment when he stood up, the sun would shine off of him and he would be the it boy that day. He would be the, he'd be so impressive. He was so proud of himself, he he had this thing wired and the next day an angel struck him, he went to bed with an illness and he never got up, ever. That was the end for him. And. Sometimes as a pastor, people say, I never thought this would happen to me, and I want to say, why didn't you think it would happen to you? Isn't this enough warning everybody? You don't get forever to do this. You do not get unlimited years. You just get a few. Use them. Treasure them. Make your choices about God. State your truth as you understand it and stand there. Um, Life ends. That's surprising. Probably shouldn't be. If seven is the perfect number, then maybe it's the perfect number of sermon points. Huh, Chris? Yeah, seven. That's what I learned in seminary. <laughs> Happy surprise, the seventh surprise is that the word grows. It just continues to grow. Look at verse 24. And the word of the Lord continue to grow and multiply. Um, in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword, says the hymnal. Inspired of orange jumpsuits and cancer and people who don't like you and people who do. The word of God continues to fall like fresh seed on ready hearts all across this world. This very moment, this very morning, somebody will hear this word and believe Jesus and be set free. (laughs) Anybody think that's amazing? What started off like a little stream... Uh, grows every day to a mighty river that will finally end up one day at the throne of God. It will wash over that place and say we 're home now we 're finally home. Um, years ago, I was reading in second Corinthians eight you see it printed at the top of your page. Paul was taking up an offering <laughs> maybe he 'd been a pastor too long, and he said and they gave and it surprised surprised me. <laughs> It wasn't what I expected. I, that was a great encouragement to me that Paul, even with his wisdom and passion, still could get surprised with the way things would go, with how good God would be. Now, you, you watch this later. He will write down and want you to memorize it. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding above all that you ask or think, now unto him who's better than you dreamed, He's a lot better than you've even thought. He has deeper plans and sweeter plans. To that God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever. Um, life, if you follow Jesus, life is going to surprise you. It will. But when you follow Jesus, you're okay with that. Let's pray. Let's pray. So come, Lord Jesus, again in the center of this city, in this humble place. We've got no power. We've got no strength except a gospel that has power and the assurance of your affection on us. We've got no partner like you, and we've got no wisdom like you. So come and teach people wisdom again. There is no sin that's stronger than you. There is no prison cell. There is no chain. There is no sin that you can't handle. There are plenty sins that I can't handle. So come and say again what you would have each of us do individually. uh, Speak to us.